Howdy, this is the Views from the Shop podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller, and today, welcome to March. It is Friday, March 1st, 2024, and I wish you a very, very, very happy National Dadgum That's Good Day. Alright, today's show is as always presented by Big Banter Sports. You can find Big Banter Sports wherever you're taking in your sports content. And Ohio State takes on Nebraska, a game in which it does not have Bruce Thornton, but sometimes you only get games like this once every, I don't know, four years or so where Jameson goes off for 30 where Devin Royal is content to throw the ball to the other side of the backboard and trust Felix Akpara will be there and even even though it didn't work out that much it didn't matter and all throughout this game where attendance is just over 13,000 at the shot Ohio State able to kind of stiff arm Nebraska out of this game the Buckeyes have won and we are in March. It is March 1st, and this Ohio State basketball program not only has a pulse, but it is being revived slowly but surely back to life here as it has got a chance to go dancing in March. Now, the story to that narrative is this. It's still going to be very difficult, but... With Ohio State's win over Nebraska, that is the first box that you can check off and say, okay, the Buckeyes have a chance. So in today's episode, first of all, I will tell you why there was no episode for this Nebraska game. I have to apologize because I've been a very, very, very bad podcast host recently, so I'm going to come clean on that. But then, of course, we're going to review this Ohio State win over Nebraska while kind of talking about what the schedule will look like for this Ohio State and Michigan game. Now, before we get there, we would like to get out of potentially falling back under 300 followers on Twitter territory. So, many of you, many of you, reach out to me, you'll DM me, and you'll ask me questions, and you'll just in general say, hey, I love the show. Thank you for what you do. It's a great show. And to that, I say you're welcome. But to that, I also say, look, let's get away from this. Mm, are we over 300? Are we not? Is Twitter messing with me today or is it not? Is is Elon sending out his minions to mess with me? Who knows? Who knows? But let's not make any of that matter, okay? So grab a friend, grab their phone, grab a parent's phone, grab a, a, a sibling's phone, Grab a stranger's phone, unlock it quickly, follow Views from the Shop podcast on Twitter, and then return that phone back to its rightful place in which you grabbed it from. Or tell a friend about the show. If you know someone and you talk to someone about Ohio State basketball, say, hey, go follow that account. Because by the way, we were buzzing on Twitter for this one. Lots of tweets just going off. So... Thanks for that, for all the attention. We love it as always, but had to kick off the show with that. Now, where the heck was I this week? Well, let me tell you. I took a flight to 
Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Can you believe that? Based on where I live, which is as, as specific as I, I'd like to be, um, the the central to southwestern portion of the state of Ohio. And of course, I take a flight there because I don't want to drive and I, and I have to travel for work. And that's fine. I don't love it, but it's something that you do. And hmm. I take my flight. Where did I even travel through? Oh, I went through DC. And then on my flight, I'm working on getting this show ready for Nebraska, the preview. And I get back to my hotel room on Tuesday and I get ready to record. And what happens? I pull out my mic. We're ready to go. I pull out the cord. We're ready to go. And I did not bring my little adapter that I that I connect to my laptop. Therefore, I had two options. One, Produce a podcast that sounded absolutely horrible or two, produce no podcast at all. And I decided not to produce a podcast because if it sucked for a new fan who's listening to the show, they're going to say, wow, that podcast sucks. The audio is horrible. I don't want to listen to that again. And I don't even know. I hope that the audio is going to sound fine for this one. I should have tested. I didn't. But when I got back, I've got like small, clear beads that are like stuck in some portions of my microphone. So all that to say, thanks for listening today. Now here's what we're gonna do, okay? It's Friday and we are enjoying this game. What I plan to do is smush together the Nebraska review with the Michigan preview. We're not gonna do that now, obviously. We're gonna review Nebraska today. This may be a little bit of a shorter episode, you know already, but we'll come out Saturday morning. That will be the Michigan preview episode. Then Monday morning, we will do a Michigan review episode. And then, I don't know, maybe a guest. We'll have to see. Maybe we'll have a guest and then we'll do a a Rutgers preview probably Friday before that game on Sunday to close out the regular season. All that to say, Ohio State is 17 and 12, knocks off Nebraska that could not win a Big Ten road game if it's life dependent on it, but Ohio State beats a 20-win team, and over the past couple of weeks, they have now stacked wins against Nebraska, that's a tournament team, Michigan State, that should be a tournament team. Purdue, that is a Final Four national title. Mm, they're not a favorite, but they're third for national title odds right now. But a Final Four favorite, no doubt. They are stacking the wins right now. There's no doubt about it. And as this Buckeye team sits at 17-12, and 7-11 in the Big Ten, wins over Purdue, wins over Michigan State, Alabama, that Santa Clara win is dangerously close to being quad two if it isn't already. Uh, Are we paying attention to the hottest team in the Big Ten? Because you can go down that list and you could say, I don't know, it's probably like Purdue or Illinois or Northwestern or someone like that. You would be incorrect. Although Ohio State doesn't have the longest winning streak in the Big Ten right now, it does have wins over Nebraska, Michigan State, and Purdue. All three of those teams are NCAA tournament teams as of right now. So, with that in mind, we're now watching this game with great anticipation. Because if Ohio State wins this game, it is the first box that you can check off. Like I said, essentially saying, okay, this is real. Ohio State is working its way back onto the bubble. 
Now, Ohio State winning this game, I I talked about it in the Michigan State review episode. They needed to win this one. They don't need to beat Michigan. It's not really going to help their resume to beat a quad three team at home when by the time I was recording this, I was watching Michigan just self-implode against Rutgers. Good luck with Juwan Howard if you decide to keep them, Michigan. It sounds like they will, so have fun with that. Uh, Couldn't imagine keeping a a really, really underperforming head coach at my university. Couldn't be me. We'll move forward. Ohio State winning against Michigan does nothing, but losing to Michigan will mean everything for the Buckeyes in that they're done at that point. You're going to need to stack probably at least, at the absolute least, three wins in the Big Ten tournament plus a win over Rutgers. And probably four wins to have a chance to get in. You cannot afford that quad three loss at this point in the season, especially at home. And if you get another road win over Rutgers, you get a road win in the Big Ten. That's going to mean a lot and continue to improve the the stock for Ohio State on the bubble at this point. So, by picking up this win, Ohio State is now back in the conversation of potentially making it to the NCAA tournament. They're not on the bubble. They're outside the bubble. But they are at least... They're not sitting at the head table of the bubble. They're not even sitting at the kids' table. They're kind of, you know, sitting in the lawn uh, next door watching those who are on the bubble enjoy a little cookout. If, If you can visualize that for a second. So, Ohio State winning this game is huge. And... The way in which Ohio State won this game is huge. Look, Jake Diebler, at this point, I still still struggle to even put him in the conversation of being the next head coach of the Ohio State men's basketball team. But, boy, he's going to make it hard. He's going to make it really hard for Ohio State to tell him no. And Ohio State is going to have to fight really hard. Whoever the next head coach is, they're going to have to fight hard to keep Diebler on staff because this Buckeye team looks different. The pace in this one was much faster in the first half to close out the first half. Ohio State pushed the ball. You saw Jake Diebler motioning with his hands and his arms saying, get down the floor, go get some shots up in this one. This team is different. It's playing with a whole lot of momentum at this point. It's playing with a whole lot of energy, and this Buckeye team looks really good. So winning 78-69 to is big. To be able to pull away from a team like Nebraska, that's huge. Jamison Battle, though, we cannot talk about this win without talking about Jamison Battle. The Buckeyes do not get Bruce Thornton in this game. Someone needs to step up, and early on, In this first half, you were wondering who it was going to be, and the offense did stall out. But Jamison Battle kicked this game off and gave Ohio State exactly what it needed, scoring the first eight points for the Buckeyes, not missing a shot. He played 39 minutes, according to this stat sheet that I have in front of me. And in those 39 minutes, he scored 32 points. He hit four triples. He was 9 of 18 from the field. He didn't miss a single free throw. He was 10 of 10 from the free throw line. Adds four rebounds, three assists, only one turnover. Picked up a steal as well. A huge game for Jamison Battle in this one. Roddy Gale, 25 minutes. Incredibly athletic layup there at the end of this game. He goes 8 of 12 
from the free throw line, 4 of 8 from the field, picks up 10 rebounds, 16 points and 10 rebounds for Roddy Gale Jr. That's a double-double for Roddy Gale. I believe that would be the first of his career. I could be wrong. I very well could be wrong on that one, as I do not remember for sure. But it feels like it's the first one for him. Regardless, 16 and 10. And while Jamison Battle was insane starting out this game, he kind of cooled off there in the first half, but he came back to life in the second half. And then the end of this game, you saw it. You're a good lip reader, aren't you? I feel like if you just simply watch sports, you're going to be a pretty good lip reader. And I would say that I am one of those people at this point. Jamison Battle... He yells, and I tweeted this, and it got some love, so thanks for that. But he yells, quote, I'm not, redacted, going home. Jameson Battle, he also, I don't remember his exact words, but he said, I want to play in March. Jameson Battle has got a fire in him because he cannot return to play college basketball next season. This is his final chance to go play meaningful basketball in March in the Big Ten tournament in the NCAA tournament. He wants to go dancing. And if he can step up as a fifth-year leader, fifth-year senior and leader, and lead this team down the stretch as a vocal leader, as a guy in the locker room, in practice, day in and day out, and he can see on the calendar, he is counting down the days that he has guaranteed to him to continue to play college basketball. He can count down the days at this point. He can count them on one hand now at this point, can Jamison battle. Because before long, Ohio State is either going to have to play on Wednesday or Thursday in the Big Ten tournament. And anything after that is not promised for Jamison battle. He knows the scope. He understands it. He understands the gravity. And if he can push that urgency along with Jake Diebler to the rest of this team, to Roddy Gale, to Felix Akpara, to Scotty Middleton, to Tayson Chapman, to Devin Royal... To Bruce Thornton, to guys, and Bruce Thornton doesn't need that, but but to guys who have not tasted success in March. This freshman class, this sophomore class have not. Evan Mahaffey and Dale Bonner are the only players on this roster who have experienced anything in the NCAA tournament in terms of any kind of success. And sure, you could throw Zed Key in there if you would like, and... Yeah, you you can lose as a two seed to Oral Roberts. That's fine. But actually seeing success in the NCAA tournament, it's those two. And that's it. Felix Akpara, no. Roddy Gale, no. Bruce Thornton, no. Jamison Battle, no. Go down the list on the roster of this team. They have not experienced it. So if you see a guy like Jamison Battle, knowing his future is as uncertain as it can ever be in college basketball, if that can start to feed into these other players, and they've got urgency unlike any other, and they've got momentum like they've never had before in their college basketball careers, that can be really, really dangerous down the stretch. And Roddy Gale, I tweeted this out as well. I had to Google I didn't know what it was called, but I had to Google that meme. It's just like the 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 future world meme, whatever whatever that may be to you. I, I had to tweet it out because it's true about Roddy Gale at this point. Roddy Gale puts up 16 and 10, but Roddy Gale is also about as inconsistent as it gets 
playing college basketball. And I tweeted this out. I said, the world, if Roddy Gale didn't have random spurts of travels followed by throwing the ball into traffic, followed by throwing a bounce pass in the paint into three pairs of knees. And it's that, you know, look at it, look for it on Twitter. Go through my media and, and you'll find it quickly. Um, didn't get as much love as I would have liked it to, but I didn't tweet it at the most ideal time because it was, it was while the game was still going on. You want to tweet during breaks, FYI. So... Jameson Battle puts up 16 and, or sorry, Roddy Gale Jr. puts up 16 and 10. He commits four turnovers. Ohio State committed 13 turnovers in this game. It felt like more than that. Felt like at times this offense was really not good, especially in the first half. But man, if Roddy Gale could simply fix this one portion of this game, he didn't shoot an entire three today. Outside of Jameson Battle shooting 12 threes, we saw Dale Bonner shoot two and miss both. We saw Taysen Chapman shoot one and make one we saw bone hardwin miss one and then of course scotty middleton goes three for five from deep so it was basically jameson battle a little bit from scotty middleton and nothing else roddy gale doesn't need to shoot threes to be effective he's a very good driver a very good slasher but man he's got to be more careful with the basketball his last turnover was just flat out stupid and i'm not saying anything the coaching staff wouldn't say to him but that pass just completely ill-advised that leads to Nebraska getting the ball back, I believe, as, as it went out of bounds. Um, Roddy Gale, if he can just if he can see the game slow down a little bit, he can be an incredible, incredible college basketball player. But him getting 16 and 10 tonight for a Buckeye team without Bruce Thornton is absolutely huge. And another player that I do think we need to mention, I just talked about him, Scotty Middleton. Scotty Middleton has had a very up and down year. He got suspended for a game for Ohio State. I, I believe that was a Penn State game that Ohio State still won. But he plays 21 minutes in this one. He goes 3 of 8 from the field, 3 of 5 from the three-point line. Nine points, two rebounds. Not a huge night on the stat sheet. But when you can get three trifectas out of a freshman without Bruce Thornton, you've got to make up for that offensive production from Bruce Thornton somewhere, and Scotty Middleton helped with that. Jason Chapman helped with that as well, making a three-pointer, the first of his career at Ohio State. And I think Scotty Middleton deserves a huge shout-out as well in this one. Other thoughts, other notes on this one we'll get to here in just a second. But first, got to talk about college basketball analytics. CBB analytics.com you can go there right now and find the most robust college basketball stats and analytics platform in the entire world and i would say in this entire universe as well cbb analytics will show you team stats player stats conference stats and not just box score stats of course not we're talking shooting zones we're talking combos for lineups we're talking on-off splits, and a whole bunch more. Ohio State uses CBB analytics, as do dozens and dozens and dozens of other Division I, Division II, Division Three college basketball programs in both men's and women's. And you can have access to those exclusive stats too. Just go to cbbanalytics.com, use the code SHOT. That's SHOT, short for Shot and Scene Center, and views from the SHOT podcast, S-C-H-O-T-T. Use that code to get an entire month free cbbanalytics.com we're thankful for them sponsoring today's show hey one other note here on this game that ohio state has just won we've got to talk about devin royal 
I mean, come on. Devin Royal plays 21 minutes in this game. He puts up 13 points, and I tweeted this out as well. And this tweet is going bonkers at this point. But Devin Royal, 21 minutes, 13 points, 5 of 5 from the free throw line, 4 of 6 from the field, 5 rebounds, dishes out, 1 assist. Yeah, a couple of fouls, but that's just Devin being Devin. Um, Devin Royal, the next EJ Liddell. EJ Liddell, do you remember his progression from freshman year? Even just his freshman year in general, and then freshman year into sophomore year. How he grew from a sophomore into a junior. Can Ohio State get that out of Devin Royal? Very similar players, very similar playing style, playing the exact same position. As I tweeted this out, got a lot of love. Got a lot of people saying the same things about Devin Royal. If he can continue to grow here as a freshman down the stretch and hit those jumpers from the mid-range. He hit a contested jumper. When I tweeted this out, it was after Royal hit a contested jumper there in the second half. And it goes in. And as he shot that, I was like, oh, Devin, come on. That's a really low-quality shot. And then it goes in. And I was like, man, I remember saying the exact same thing about EJ Liddell when he would take those contested pull-up jumpers from the free throw line, from the mid-range, and he would hit them too. So maybe Devin Royal is going to be that guy. That is very exciting. And while right now I've got Devin Royal, I expect him to return to Ohio State. No one knows anything. No one knows anything about who the head coach will be. If you see any tweets saying otherwise, they are incorrect. Ohio State will not key in on or zero in on any candidates at this point in the season. It just will not happen. It's not how it's not how it works. But the players who have the highest likelihood of returning, I feel like Devin Royal's got a good shot. And I think that in terms of the commits, I still think Colin White, my, my gut tells me Colin White has a better shot of returning over Junie Mobley. But it all depends on the head coach. It all depends on what the head coach communicates to these players, which of these players he wants to keep. This new head coach has better, better do his best to keep Devin Royal on this roster moving forward because he's played really well. He's shown sparks. He's shown flashes. And this year, I said Roddy Gale is going to be the breakout player for Ohio State. Down the stretch, Devin Royal could take that title for sure. So now we need to talk about what does this mean for Ohio State moving forward? Because when Ohio State beat Michigan State, it was essentially, okay, we can start to think about the possibility of Ohio State potentially maybe making some kind of a small run to potentially making the NCAA tournament. Now, now it is on. It is March, baby, and it is on for Ohio State. They pick up their fifth quad one slash quad two win of the season. It's a home win. That's fine. It doesn't matter. You need to stack those wins at this point. So you're watching a game and you're seeing Mike DeCourcy. He's projecting Ohio State just to straight up be out. They're not in the last four in. They're not in the last first four out. They're not in the next four out. They're nowhere in that nebulous. They are just straight up out. But now with this win, they are going to start to climb. And Ohio State's going to take on Michigan. And that's going to be a game in which the Buckeyes cannot afford to lose. Winning it doesn't really do anything for them, but losing it will end their season, essentially, unless they make 
an incredible run in the Big Ten tournament like they did last season. And I don't think that you can count on that again. Now, here's where things get really, really interesting within the Big Ten tournament. Because let's say Ohio State goes out and they beat Michigan. At this point, hate to say it, doesn't feel the most far-fetched. Now, that game will be on Senior Day 2. There's going to be plenty of, of energy there in the arena. Then you've got the game that Ohio State will have to take on Rutgers. And Rutgers, at this point, at this very second of recording, is a half game behind Ohio State in the Big Ten. Rutgers, right now, is sitting at 13th place in the Big Ten Conference. And while I say that, let me just very briefly here figure out what the score is here. Can I just... Can I count Rutgers in as winning? Yeah, they're at 56 to 34 with 13 and a half minutes left to go in the second half. So it looks like Rutgers is going to win this game and they'll be tied. Actually, no, Ohio State will have a will drop by a half game below Rutgers because they're 7 and 11. Rutgers would be 7 and 10. But can I pose something to you really quickly here? And I haven't checked here. I think it would be at least a it's going to be a quad one slash quad two win regardless. I like the path forward of Ohio State playing on Wednesday. And here's why. Because these quad one, quad two wins, it doesn't really matter if you beat Michigan State or if you beat Maryland. If you are picking up these quad two wins down the stretch, it means a whole lot for your resume. And sure, it helps your strength of schedule, it helps your strength of record, but what the, what the selection committee really looks at is your quality of wins and your quality of performance down the stretch. So let me ask you this. Let me throw this at you. Let's say Ohio State is an 11 seed in the, in the Big Ten tournament. Now, that would not be the most ideal because they're going to have to take on Michigan. Okay, But let's say they beat Michigan. Then they're going to move on and they're going to face the 6 seed, most likely. And as you look down this list, you've got maybe Nebraska, maybe Michigan State, maybe Iowa, maybe Minnesota. Would Michigan State love another crack at Ohio State? Yeah, probably. But Nebraska, Iowa, Minnesota, maybe Penn State, all of those teams are very, very close to one another at this point. Maybe even Indiana. You never know how the season will end down the stretch. But I say all that to say a win over Michigan or if you can somehow get lucky and, and not get help from other teams and be the 12 seed and take on the 13, which would be a Maryland or Rutgers. Either of those wins are going to mean way more than a win over Michigan. I think the most ideal scenario for Ohio State is to play on Wednesday. And if all goes well, you've got a better chance of picking up a quad two win on Wednesday then on Thursday, you've got another winnable game. And then on Friday, you're, 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 you have no idea what's going to happen at that point. But you, you know that real basketball is going to be played. It's going to be against good teams. But if Ohio State can get that opportunity, I like that path better than being a higher seed. Because if you're a higher seed, sure, you get a day of rest. But Ohio State doesn't need that extra day of rest. Ohio State needs as many games as possible to stack wins and if you take away that first game you're now pushing them into thursday into that second day of games 
where the competition is going to be, hey, this is a team that just won. Sure, they just played 40 minutes a night ago, but this team just won. It is going to be the best of the bottom crop of the Big Ten, which doesn't scare you too much, but the level of competition there is going to go up. And the, the risk of losing a game on Thursday, if that's your first game, the risk doesn't really change either way. Whether you are the, I don't know, 10 seed or the 12 seed, the risk of you losing that game on Thursday doesn't really change. The quality of opponent doesn't really change. So I would like to see Ohio State actually play on Wednesday, pick up a win on Wednesday, and then go into Thursday, and you've got teams again. Potentially Nebraska, Michigan State, Iowa, Minnesota. I think Ohio State can beat Minnesota. I think Ohio State can beat Iowa. They played them really, really tough earlier in the year. Only played them once. Ohio State split with Nebraska. No reason to believe they can't beat Nebraska again on a neutral floor. I like that path forward. And that's what I would hope for for Ohio State at this point. You got to beat Michigan. And then you got to beat Rutgers. But if you can get the chance to just slide into that 11th seed... Mm, really that 12 seed would be better. I'll take that. But I think at this point, if Ohio State is going to win both games to close out the year, it's going to be hard for them to to get that 12 seed. I didn't do the math. I don't know how possible it is. It definitely is possible right now because you've got Indiana sitting at 7-10 and 10 as of recording, Maryland at 7-11, and 11, Rutgers at 6-10. and 10. Ohio State would obviously jump ahead of, of Rutgers potentially. But... I just think it needs to be thought about at this point. But the great part about all this is that we're talking about Ohio State going to the NCAA tournament and painting that path forward for the Buckeyes, and it is March. And two weeks ago, three weeks ago, a month ago, imagine being there. Imagine on March 1st after Ohio State got absolutely splattered by Northwestern that we would be here. I don't think anyone did. So that's exciting. We're going to talk about Ohio State's matchup with Michigan. We'll preview that. Be ready for that on Saturday morning. I will deliver. I promise you that. I apologize for being a bad podcast host. By the way, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the show. It helps me out a bunch. It gives me the opportunity to do more with the show, to get good, 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 to great, to spectacular guests in the offseason, which I'm already working on. So help us get there the subscription would appreciate it a bunch appreciate you listening today an incredibly important win for ohio state that just feels good buckeye nation is feeling happy we've got the casuals coming back in through the back door and they're looking around like hmm, is anyone gonna notice that i that i was gone for the past three months uh yeah guy yeah i do notice i notice real hard bud i notice real hard don't be that guy don't give up on the Buckeyes. Those who listen to the show, however, probably not giving up on the Buckeyes. Again, thank you for listening today. I've got to shut up before you shut me off. Go Bucks.